Good morning, Holy Spirit. We just thank you that you're here. We just ask for grace. We just thank you. We thank God it's Good Friday. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, I feel this morning, this morning's about an invitation. And uh, I don't want to, you know, get a crowded out by sort of a religious spirit type of a deal, but I, I want to emphasize this morning about an invitation from heaven. And uh, obviously it's Good Friday, and, um, but you know, the, the, can you imagine getting, like, the, the, there's all sorts of auspicious occasions where, where, where something, a, a big deal happens. You know, I remember, I don't know if it still happens, but when someone turns 100, what usually happens to them? They get a, a letter from where? From royalty, don't they? I wonder, a bit weird, she might be writing her own card this year. Do you think she'll sign it? Put it on her mantelpiece if she gets there? <laughs> so obviously, yeah. Um, so can you imagine getting an invitation from heaven? And that's, that's no joke because it's not something that's, it's not something that's uh, a light thing. And I, what I want to do is just this morning is a very, very simple but an expansive word. And... But rather than just get, receiving an invitation on a piece of paper, this invitation is actually written on our hearts. And it's confirmed by the Holy Spirit. An invitation from heaven. And what I want to do is I want to start by emphasising, you know, I, I just, just one, of, one of the things that, that like if you're talking to uh, someone who's, they say they don't believe in God, okay? Now, it, it says in Psalms, it says, the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So he told himself that. Right, and they go, well, if, if God's real, where is He? Where, 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 where is He? What's going on? You know, like this. And I'm going, well, I'm glad none of you asked that question this morning because we're going to answer that question. But it's a simple but an expansive word. But we need to understand that God's desire has always been to dwell with His people and not be God afar off. That's the most important thing. So obviously, Good Friday is indispensable and key. And we're talking such a massive day, probably the holiest day the calendar according to Christian tradition. And, and while we, it's, we wanna focus on that, we wanna celebrate the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus every single day as new creations. Can someone say amen? Every single day. So what we have is that God calls men and women to be the answer, He moves through them. God didn't just turn up, He actually has to prepare a vessel. So we know He, 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 he called Abraham, but then one of Abraham's descendants was a guy called Moses. And, you know, Moses, is, he, had a, he was pretty smart, highly educated, um, had a bit of a temper problem, hashtag murder. So uh, what happened was, and then he, he went into the wilderness for 40 years. And they said, why was it 40 years? Well, 40 is a significant number for a lot of reasons, but sovereignly God knew it took 40 years to get the Moses out of Moses. So God can use him. And so then God calls Moses to, to be the prophet of the Lord, but He calls Moses unto Himself to actually broker or mediate a covenant where God can dwell in the midst of His people. So, you know, with, God, with God's real, how, where is this type thing? So Moses gets caught up to the mountain on a couple of uh, uh, supernatural 40-day fasts. Then He comes down from the mountain and it's sort of like, you know, you become like who you hang out with, don't you? Moses has been hanging out with the Lord. He's up on the top of the mountain. So if we could put up 2 Corinthians chapter 
when Moses uh, uh, came down off the mountain, it says, Moses, had, he put a veil over his face when he came down so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at what was passing away. So now what happens is that, you, can you imagine, can you imagine like they, they, they say, look, don't look into the sun, right? You know, it's pretty, and, and especially who's ever seen, who's ever sort of been in, in, involved in observing an eclipse? Yeah, and they say, be careful and this and this and this and this. Is that the, the glory coming off of Moses, right, was so crazy he had to wear a veil. So he'd been hanging out with God. And so he came down and God did want a different covenant, to be honest, and we teach that in our internship. But God wanted a, a covenant of intimacy with the whole nation. He didn't want just one man to just mediate and broker on behalf of the multitudes. He wanted every, he wanted a kingdom of priests, but they said no, and it's, you know, it's read Deuteronomy, etc. So Moses went up and broke it, basically, as the prophet of God. And he came down and he's, he talks about that God laid out a strategy. He said, make sure what I showed you in the glory on the top of the mountain, you do exactly the same thing down there. Because I wanna dwell in the midst of my people. So where, if, if God's real, where is He? Because He wants to dwell in the midst of His people. And so He actually put, He actually uh, uh, said, okay, I want you to, to do a tabernacle, okay? Um, and it's gonna have an outer court, an inner court, a holy place, a holy of holies, the Holy of Holies is where the glory of God dwelt. And you had the Ark of the Covenant inside and you had the cherubim overlooking the mercy seat. And we go, yeah, the glory of God, you know, yeah. So when we were getting to worship, church, you know, or, or whatever, you go, oh, I can feel the glory. Well, this was glory. It was over the mercy seat. And it was so holy, such a big deal, because holy means a number of things. It means beauty. It means clean and pure. It means set apart. And so God, the only way He could dwell in the midst of His people with His glory is that they could only go in once a year. Through the, it talks about the blood of bulls and the blood of goats, but once a year on the Day of Atonement. You know, when Moses, Moses uh, was a friend of God and then he'd go and, and, and meet with the Lord and he'd see, they'd see the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud. I mean, that is freaky. That is freaky. But what happened? He then dwelt in the Holy of Holies in the midst of His people. And it's like, it's a big deal. And, and, and why only once a year? Now, I know like, like, it's very important. We've got to be careful what we watch because what we watch and what we see gets imprinted on the inside of us. Now, I cannot, obviously there were times when people went into the Holy of Holies where the glory of God was and they weren't worthy, okay? Now you've got a, a few occasions, we won't go into detail, but I still cannot get the image out of my head when I was maybe 12, 13, of the end of the movie called Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, they open up the Ark of the Covenant and everyone's face melted off. All right, I can't, I can't help it. And so, so you don't just sort of like, oh, there's the glory of God. <laughs> yeah, let's have a go at this. You know, so <coughs> Edvard Munch the scream, you know. Anyway, so... So we have God dwelling in the midst of His people, but there was actually had to be through a blood sacrifice and there was a veil. So most people knew that, you know, I find it fascinating. I've had, because I wanna quickly briefly talk about from glory to glory. I've experienced a level of glory in my life seasonally. And there's a level of glory indwelling in me that manifestly a level, right? But there's times, man, I've like, can you imagine what it'd be like 
on, next to a nuclear re- reactor on a bad day. Can you imagine on the other side of that curtain, you feel that, forget about 5G towers. Like this, and you just know that power is pulsing. And, and the high priest is like, <laughs> gotta go in, all right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, got the bells on my, I got the bells on my robe. <laughs> Seriously, like it's, it's a big deal. Because what happens is that Aussies don't grasp this sort of concept because it's just so, so contrary to our culture and they're going to, into, the, into, the, uh, um, into the realm of glory. But God's desire was always to dwell in the midst of His people, always. So what happened, He sent His Son Jesus. God became flesh. Now He was never not God. He, he, God became flesh. It says the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So what happened is that Jesus was always God from when He was a baby, baby God. It's, it's crazy, the incarnation is crazy. Then He grew up in favour of, in favour with, with, had favour with God and men, right? Studied the Torah. They were blown away at His question. You know, you go, how, how do you know someone's intelligence? It's the questions they ask. And Jesus was like, they could see there's, there's genius on this boy. And like he was in such a tractor beam with the, the rabbis of the day, probably answer, asking questions they didn't have the answers to, that their parents decided to you know, go back home, three days journey. I mean, that, that, that is family and community services right there of negligence, you know. After three, where's Jesus? And he's, we're talking the Son of God. And what happened? He was scrutinised. I would say, and I've just been having chats with friends the last couple of days, I was, you look at these people like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you look, if you, were, if you were the head of a state, the scrutiny, you say something and you've got to say something where can they spin it this way or this way or this way? Is there an aha moment? Can, so, can something be entrapped? And he had scribes, lawyers, Pharisees, and never once was he lost for words. Not once. And every kind of crazy, a creative miracle feat that, that, that covers the whole human spectrum from physical need, fishes and loaves, to raising the dead. There was nothing too hard, but Jesus realises, I only do what I see the Father doing. And what happened is this, He's, he, he said, I'm here to reveal the Kingdom of God, but I've literally come to give my life, to lay it down as a ransom for many, to pay the price, to die on a cross. And it's just so, because they just thought there's gonna be a military conquest and Jesus all of a sudden, you know, the armies of heaven would manifest and he's gonna to start to be like King David because he's a son of David. But no, it actually said it was hidden from them and he died on the cross. So we know that all the Old Testament, all the prophecies, all the prophets, everything was foreshadowing the Messiah coming. Pure, sinless spot of land that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So he died on behalf of the sins of the world. So multitudes who have a, you know, let's just say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I I go to church at least twice a year. And they go, "Mm, Good Friday. And yep, mm -hmm, yep, remember, acknowledge that. Well, it's so much more of an invitation than that. Because I want to quickly talk about why the invitation is there and how it came about. And then we're going to finish with communion. And so... What actually took place, the minute Jesus died on the cross, the second, let's just say it as it is, He was tortured. He just didn't die. 
He died a shameful death. And then when he died, he cried out, it is finished. But this is what the interesting part is. Well, I mean, that's obviously interesting, but this is the point I wanna make. Matthew 27, 50, and it says here, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom and the earthquake and the rocks were split. We'll leave it there. So this place of the Holy of Holies, the power, manifest love of God, glory of God, wisdom of God, God dwelling in the midst of His people, but on the other side of a veil, it got torn, not from the bottom to the top, from the top to the bottom. Is it heaven said that veil is now being removed? I am making a way for mankind to dwell with the Lord. The Lord says, I am doing my part and the invitation has to be received. Rather, yes, He died on the cross, we acknowledge that. No, it's more than that. There's an invitation. I, I believe that if we were to get, if there was such a thing as the, you know, you, we, we, we rate, like music used to be the, the top 100, it used to be Triple J's top 40. I used to get that sort of, that, that dodgy compilation. And um, then you got Casey Kasin's top 100 and who remembers all that sort of stuff and all that sort of like the billboard charts and they rank, but it's based on quantity. Some of the songs that get to number one are completely rubbish. Let's just submit it, right? <coughs> and so, but if you were to get, if there was such a ranking system of the top thousand men and women of God in history in the New Testament, the top thousand, and you squeeze them all together with their collective equity and legacy, they would not even come close to have exhausting the possibilities of the invitation of heaven. That's why Jesus said in Mark 9.23, to him who believes all things are possible. So that veil was rent, was ripped from top to bottom. And God was saying, He's saying, I've made a way that we can dwell together. And these are the protocols and this is what it looks like. And so today's about an invitation. And so it says here, let's do Hebrews chapter 10. It says, therefore, brothers, uh, sisters, having, having boldness, not, 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 not sort of like, oh, I don't know. You know, like we're giving, we'll take out the offering later, right? But don't sort of like, don't, don't treat it like a, a dentist visit and it's an extraction, okay? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a place you go, praise God, I get to, I get to worship God with, through my finance and I get to partake of heaven's economy. That, that's a joy. It says, give cheerfully, hilariously, that's what it says. But here, when we approach God, it's not sort of like, oh, yeah. It says, boldness, that the veil has been torn. This is why it's important to give a little bit of a backstory. Yes, we can access God through, yep, yep, yep. We need a bit more of the backstory. So we appreciate the incredible opportunity and the, 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 the not the gravity, but, but the, the glory of this opportunity. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest. Now, not back in Israel and not in the, tab, uh, not in the tabernacle and not in the temple, in heaven itself. Because the, it was all a shadow, it was all to point that we can access heaven now. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, yep, by a new, 
and living way. So, so 2,000 years ago it happened, but it's still alive. It's living, okay? <laughs> and the blood of Jesus is it's like it got shed three seconds ago. It's still alive. It talks. It speaks better things than that of Abel. It's, when you approach the Lord in the Name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus says to the accuser, this one's mine. They are innocent and pure, undefiled, and they have an inheritance in me. That's what the blood of Jesus says. By new living way, which He consecrated for us. And now we know the veil was His flesh. Through the veil, that is Jesus' flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. So, so when Jesus died on the cross, we, we know there was actually, like we're talking, that veil was, was, was thick. That wasn't like you know, a little piece of paper. <laughs> sort of thick. We're talking like you, no one, nothing could have, wild horses couldn't have torn it apart. And yet God actually, again, He said, this is the end of the blood sacrifice, the sacrificial system, end of the temple period. And now I've created a new living way. And what you had before was this nice cloth with, embroidered with purple and scarlet, etc. Beautifully crafted. But now it's been replaced by Jesus's actual body. That was the veil and, and, and God prepared a body for, Je- for Jesus and that was a sacrifice on our behalf. So Jesus' flesh was that veil. And so this is the invitation. Good Friday was actually the transaction that took place. And it says, Paul says, I've determined in my heart not to, to, to think of anything except Christ and Him crucified. But it wasn't just the crucifixion, it was the new creation. Because we need to, we need to celebrate because I'll tell you what right now. It says that Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. But then it says, surely He's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He's carried them. And too many people live in the Good Friday sorrows. It says godly, it says worldly sorrow produces death. There are cultures that make decisions to grieve for days, weeks, months, I've even seen years. If you want to live in grief, you can. You have freedom of choice. But what we have now, a new and living way means rejoicing. It means rejoicing. We can't just keep putting Jesus up on the cross. We need to understand what happens and know a new and living way has been prepared. An invitation, the Lord says, you have, you're my son and daughter through invitation and election. You didn't, you, you didn't uh, uh, earn it. So come to me. And this is what He promises. Second Corinthians chapter three, we'll go back to that. <coughs> Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not, steadily, not, not look steadily at what was passing away, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. The Old Testament is primarily about types and shadows to Christ. I love, 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 love the Old Testament because of the prophetic, because of the types and shadows. I love it. It's indispensable. It gives us the backstory of the Lord, but we're not to live there because it's a new and living way. And it actually says that Moses' ministry was the ministry of death. I'm not gonna get into all the theology there, but because the veil is taken away. The veil's taken away in Jesus. Here we go, yep. 
But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Stop there. So you go, where's God? Well, this is what's happened. If you saw God, in your, if, if, anyone, if an atheist saw God in their present state, the nanosecond they saw God in their present state, they'd have deep, deep regret, like instant, like quicker than a synapse. They'd have to, they, they couldn't stand in the presence of the Lord. So what happens is God prepared a way to actually, so, so He could dwell with His people and that sinful nature not be melting like wax, as in like, and the whole being as well. So what happens is that He sends His Son to die. The veil being torn symbolised that Jesus' body was, the veil of His flesh was torn. But here's the crazy thing. There's no more veils. There's no more veil in Israel and the veil's been torn in heaven. Where's the veils? People's hearts. People's hearts. Where's the Lord? If you said yes to Jesus, He lives on the inside of you, but is He, is, is, is he actually hiding behind veils of self-sufficiency, arrogance, uncleanness, unbelief? Because it says the mystery that's been hidden for ages and generations, now it's been revealed through the, 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 the prophets and the apostles, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so that's what's exciting because, because the invitation from heaven is that as we boldly come before the Lord and say, Lord, I can't change myself, I present myself to you, veils start getting taken away and your life starts changing. See, the Lord has done His part. Calvary and Pentecost, He's done His part. And you see that, oh my gosh, what an opportunity. What an opportunity for me and God to dwell as friends. And this is what I want us to, to focus on on Good Friday. Could be Like for me, this is just the way I'm wired. I see opportunity. Now I've, I, I've had my fair share of bad things happen to me and I, I choose not to live there. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about disassociation, anything like that. I, I, I know what it's like to live in a place of disappointment or hope deferred. I, I get it. But if you live there, that's what you're gonna get. It's, it's, it's yours, welcome. But I choose to look at opportunity. I choose to look at the invitation of what can be. Because I'll tell you what, we need to say yes to the Lord's invitation to come boldly before Him in Jesus' Name and then go through a process. If we can play, do the, play, play, if we could play the rest of that verse, if we could put up the rest of that verse, waka, waka, waka. All right, here we go. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Oh, boom. The, the, the Lord is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Lord. It says the Spirit of Christ that was talking to the prophets. Jesus said to them in John 14, He goes, you know, you know the Spirit of God who's with you, He will be in you. John 14, now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Next one. But we all with unveiled face, beholding it as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed step by step. Glory to glory. It's unfolding according to our yieldedness and obedience. What an amazing invitation. Can someone say amen? To him who believes all things are possible in Christ, Holy Ghost. All right. I love this. I love this. So 
I want you to be excited at the possibilities that God has spoken over your life. But now we need to realise the part we need to play. And it's great to worship, great worship today. But we can approach the throne of grace all the time. It's more, the throne of God is open more than even a 7-Eleven. It's continual. Now what we tend to do is we tend to wait till there's felt need or crises. Felt need or crises. And if we wait till then, the anxiety levels on the inside of us might choke out the faith to believe for transformation. What I feel the Holy Spirit is exhorting us this, this morning is this, there's an invitation from heaven to be God's friend, to give Him your life and let Him work through you. Who can say amen to that? Can we put the pads on please? About to see a miracle, it's called the, the, church, the, the service closing. Just give me one second. It's really important. It says the Kingdom of God now lives in the hearts of men. And when men yield, men and women yield to the Spirit of God, it manifests in atmospheres, governments, economies, cultures, countries and populations. But it comes through the hearts of men and women. That's you, that's me. Jesus said it in, in Luke 17, 20. It's not something in the ether out there somewhere, but we've got to us leaning into the Lord and say, Lord, whatever veils are there, take Him away. Take them away. What I want us to do, I wanna lead us in a prayer. And I'm basically, we're gonna confess again, Jesus is Lord. But, I, but, but don't pray this if you, if it's, if you don't wanna, because it's, it's gonna be scary. We're gonna say, we're gonna confess the Lord and just say, Lord, Right now, I'll give you permission to remove the veils that need to be removed so I can go to the next level of glory in my life, okay? I'll lead you in a prayer in a minute. Open up your communions, please. Words aren't just words, when you actually connect them, especially to intent and do it by faith, you actually affect things in the invisible world. Just before we have our communion, I wanna lead you guys in prayer. If you don't wanna pray this, you don't have to, but we're gonna ask the Lord, we're gonna give Him permission to say, Lord, show me the veils that need removing and please remove them. And instead of saying amen at the end, we might have to say, ouch. No, 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 okay. This is why we need the feeling of the Holy Ghost. God, you're changing me. I'm so filled with your Spirit. Yeah, and I'm getting rid of a lot of stuff. Remember, it's a new and living way. A new and living way. It's still new and it's still alive. And, and, and when the veils are, we go from glory to glory because now the Lord is the Spirit 
and where the Spirit of the Lord is there is free. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. If you wanna pray with me, I want you to say this out loud. Jesus, I believe You are my Saviour. You are the Son of God. And right now, I give You permission to bring to the surface, to expose and remove all veils that are keeping me, that are hindering me from going to the next level of glory and knowing You as my friend and my Lord and my God. Bless this communion to my body in Your Name. Amen. Go for it. Today is a holy day. Praise God.